Our first reading can be found on page 202 in the Church Bibles. It's taken from the first letter of the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the Gospel reading. The Gospel reading can be found on page 69 of the Church Bible. It's Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish. Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. This morning we remain in a prayerful mood, um, especially with great sadness it is to say that a member of our congregation passed away this week, John Ould passed away, uh, and it is with great sadness uh, that we lose a wonderful member of this congregation, Curran and family, you are in our thoughts. And so we consider prayer this morning and we remain in that prayerful 
um, mode, that hopeful mode that the goodness of God is for everyone and in all situations. This morning we finish off our last of those four thoughts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and the prayers. It's curious, when I was preparing these thoughts, I got stuck on this, this verse, which even isn't in the readings that we've got for this morning, but is the core of everything we were thinking. Some of them seemed obvious, but the final one, the prayers. Why did they call it the prayers? I got stuck on it. It seemed clunky. Why did they call it the prayers? It seemed an odd choice of words. Um, So I did a bit of digging, and as a good former theological student, I got out my Greek uh, and found out why did it say the prayers? Uh, And without boring you, I can say it says the prayers because in Greek it says the prayers. So that wasn't much help. We use the term the prayers because that's what it says in the original. So I looked at a few commentaries and saw, could they help me out either? And it turned out the prayers meant something specific. At the time, um, if you look in the next chapter, Peter goes up to the temple for the hour of prayer in the temple. This is an interesting one. It shows that they were in the habit, the early Christians, of going back to the temple to offer times of prayer in public and corporate prayer. The commentary went on to say that they wouldn't have been going back to sacrifice animals or various other parts of temple worship, but they had decided that they were still grafted in to that history of faith, that history and lineage, and they weren't breaking away from that. And their way of showing it was through the prayers. They were a time of corporate prayer. They were grafted in prayers. They were likely liturgical and set prayers. They were said at particular times. And so it's interesting that the fledgling church in those early days, though they showed some distinctiveness, they also showed that they wanted to align themselves to that Jewish heritage. They were grafting themselves in. So finally, I got around that bit. I could go to the readings for this morning. Uh, And that first reading, you could really blink and miss it, couldn't you? It's three verses, but really it was a, a very short three verses, and we'll get to there eventually. But we'll start with our passage from Luke 11. Firstly, the disciples asked the question of Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. What a wonderful question. Teach us to pray. Have you ever asked God, teach me to pray? Or in scriptures, teach me to pray? It's with great humility to ask such a question. And what does Jesus reply? Interestingly, not really with an ABC. Not really with a thank God for this, say sorry for that. Interestingly, it is with a set prayer. 
known as the Lord's Prayer in this version, slightly different from the version we see in Matthew. But if the prayers were grafting into that early faith, then this is Jesus teaching them a liturgical prayer that grafts them not only into that ancient uh, history of faith, but also, as it was said, further and further afield, as we say it, across the globe today. But we say it with those who have said it through the centuries. And it was this new prayer that Jesus said, it connects us communally in that sense, echoing around the globe and through the centuries. In the evening service, we have been uh, looking at the book of Jonah, which has been great fun. We've just finished it. And there's this moment in one of the latter chapters when Jonah is talking to God and he seems to sort of change his mind. Jonah seems to change God's mind. Um, He sort of bends his ear and it was this curious moment and a lot of the congregation went, can you change God's mind? It's a curious idea. If God knows all things... um, But then I look at this passage here from Luke. From this moment that Jesus talks about this parable of the man begging his friend for bread at midnight. And what does he do? He asks first, and he probably says, go away. I've locked the door, kids are in bed, I could be doing without this. And he says, he won't do it because you're a friend, but he might just do it because you are so persistent. I love that. That is Jesus telling us that we can be persistent in prayer. That is Jesus telling us we can bend his ear off a bit. I think sometimes we can often want to pray lots or pray many different prayers. But in your life, have you had one prayer that you've prayed for many years, many decades? There are some prayers that we may not see fulfilled even in our own lifetime. Yet here in this moment, in this parable that Jesus tells us, this is absolute permission to bend God's ear off for decades at a time. Perhaps by persistence, he will get up and offer that bread. It's a real challenge to us, I think. Yes, it's good to pray for anything once, but maybe there is a prayer that we are called to pray for years, for decades, and maybe even after our own lifetime, see its fulfillment. Jesus goes on with those very familiar lines saying, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. What wonderful structure of prayer. Maybe there is a structure there. Asking in prayer. It assumes that we know the things of God and that we ask for godly things. 
uh, and that there will be righteous things. Search. That's a wonderful thing. Search for the things of God breaking out in the world. This is a prayerful act, not just asking, searching for it at work. It was wonderful that we said the Beatitudes this morning. I read one commentator to say that that was the greatest vision of seeing the kingdom of God breaking into the world. If you want to know what the kingdom of God breaking into the world looks like, read the Beatitudes and prayerfully pray them in to the world coming into being. God, the world as God sees it. And knock, knock and the kingdom will be open to you both in this world and in the next. Here prayer isn't a shopping list, though asking in prayer allows us to ask for God what all those godly things that we desire, but also prayerfully seeing God at work, searching him out. That's a prayerful activity. But most importantly, in prayer we build up our relationship with God. It's investing in a relationship. This is knocking and finding. This is investing and strengthening. And this is arguably the most important part of prayer. Not the words we say. Not the answers to prayer. They are merely proof that God loves us. They are the fruit. They are the proof in the pudding. But the real strength comes in the strength of our relationship built up in prayer. So we turn briefly to our passage from 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Blink and you can miss it. Although only one of these is officially named as prayer, that praying without ceasing, but I think the other two named at the beginning are also acts of prayer. In the same way that ask, seek, knock, It's not just asking that is an act of prayer. Rejoicing always, rejoicing always in hard times and in good is a prayerful act. It's a prayerful act in confidence in that strength of relationship. Giving thanks in all circumstances is a prayerful act and discipline. So in all of this, how do we encourage each other this morning in prayer? Prayer should be regular. Prayer should be rhythmical. It should even have elements of habitual nature. It was something that the early church grafted into its Jewish heritage, and I don't think we've got beyond it yet. We graft ourselves into that community of faith, around the globe and through the centuries. And it should be persistent. Persistence in prayer, simplicity in prayer, years of prayer are a strength in prayer. God doesn't mind us being a little bit annoying. We can bend his ear as much as we like. And it should be done with thankful hearts. For the God whom we ask of, he hears us. 
The God whom we search for, we will find. And the God whom we knock at the kingdom of, the door will be open to us. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks this morning for the gift of prayer. For that offering that you give to us. We're sorry for those times when we have neglected that relationship. We pray that in the silences of our hearts that we would meet you, encounter you, that in moments when we don't know the words to say that you would give us those words. In moments of silence you would meet us in the solace. So we pray for a strengthening of our relationship with you as we meet you in prayer that great gift that you offer to us. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.